Chapter Eleven of Autumn Leaves. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by David Lawrence. Autumn Leaves, edited by Anna Wales Abbott. Miseries Number Two: A Dark Night. There are some people who seem to have the facility which horses and dogs are said to possess of seeing in the dark but i alas am blind and blundering as a beetle i can never find my way about house in the evening without a lamp to illumine my path many smarting remembrances have i of bruised nose and black eyes the consequences of attempting to run through a partition under the full conviction that i have arrived at an open door my most prominent feature has been rudely assailed also by doors standing ajar unexpectedly which I have embraced with both outstretched arms. Crickets, tables, chairs, especially chairs with very sharp rockers, and other movable articles of furniture have stationed themselves, as it would seem, with malicious intent to trip me up. Some murderous contusion makes me suddenly conscious of their presence. Then a feeling of complete bewilderment and helplessness and timidity comes over me. I have not the least idea in what part of the room I am, I am oppressed with a sense of chairs scattered about in improbable places. I long most ardently for a lamp, or only for one gleam from a neighbor's window. It is no rare thing for me to discover, by a thrilling touch upon the cold glass, that I have been feeling my way exactly the opposite direction from what I imagined. Strange how ideas of direction and distance are lost when the sight is powerless. Touch may find out mistakes but cannot always prevent them. Touch may convince me that I have arrived at my bureau, but it is too careless to perceive, what the poor straining eyes would have discovered at a glance, the open upper drawer that salutes my forehead as I stoop hastily to grasp the handles beneath. Touch is clumsy. It only serves to upset valuable plants, inkstands, solar lamps, etc., with an appalling crash and then leaves me standing aghast in utter uncertainty as to the extent of the catastrophe in such emergencies a rush for the stairs is the first impulse ah but those stairs i will pass over the startling plunge which begins my descent the frantic snatch for the banisters and the strange momentary doubt as to which foot must move first like what a child may feel when learning to walk all this serves to render me so over-careful that, when I actually arrive at the foot of the staircase, I cannot believe it, until a loud scuff and the shock that follows the interruption of my expected descent assure me beyond a doubt. There is nothing more exasperating than this, unless it may be the corresponding disappointment in running upstairs, when you raise your foot high in the air and bring it down with an emphatic stamp exactly upon a level with the other but these are mere household experiences sad though they are i esteem them as nothing in comparison with my adventures out of doors in a dark night and especially in a night both dark and stormy i feel myself one of the most wretched beings in existence imagine a vessel lost in the wide ocean and without a compass and you will have some faint idea of my perplexity discouragement and loneliness at such a time I have a strange propensity for shooting off into the gutter, or for shouldering the fences, under the impression that I am pursuing a straight course. 
I go quite out of my way to trip over chance stones, or to pick out choice bits of slippery ice. I splash recklessly through deep puddles, stumble over unfortunate scrapers, walk unexpectedly into open cellars, and lay my length upon wet stone doorsteps. I start back at visions of posts looming up in the darkness, and whitewashed fences and trees, all of which would be quite unlikely to be standing in the middle of the sidewalk, and which disappear at the first reasonable thought. I run into harmless passengers, as if I would knock the breath of life out of them, and tangle our umbrellas together so fearfully that they spin round and round some time after their separation. Oh, that umbrella of mine! Sometimes I hook it in the drooping branches of trees, and, losing my hold in the suddenness of the shock, have the gratification of feeling it tip up and go down over my shoulder into the mud behind me. Its bone tips tap and scratch at the windows as I go by, and scrape against the tall fences, like fingers trying to catch at something to hold on by and stop my progress. It hits a low branch, and its varnished handle slips through my woolen gloves, knocking my hat over my eyes and extinguishing me for the time being as if the night were not dark enough without. My friends, I could go on much longer with my complaints, but I feel that I have drawn upon your sympathies sufficiently for the present. You will be as glad to leave me at my own house door as I am to find it. End of A Dark Night Recording by David Lawrence February 2010 in Brampton, Ontario